Hello, welcome to the podcast on air with Rafael. This is Rafael Chen. Today we are here having immersive media server Lee at just newly opened Illuminarian Experience Scout Lao. Thank you for joining. I know it's Saturday in the morning, and um... oh, it's it's my pleasure. I'm I'm uh, you know excited about what we're doing here, and your, your podcast sounded interesting, and I just wanted to kind of uh, you know get a little bit of information about you guys, and you know tell you anything I can uh, share about Illuminarian experiences and what we're doing here. Um, anyway. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, I'm happy to speak a little bit about my career and what we're doing here at Illuminarium. Uh, my name is Scott mm-hmm. Lau. Um, currently, my role is the uh, lead immersive uh, media server um, programmer, essentially, at Illuminarium Experiences. Uh, we just launched our mm-hmm. first ever Illuminarium here in Atlanta, Georgia, on July 1st. Um, my- what, what do you mean about the media programmer lead? Um, like, do you mean like you, you queue the the soundtrack, you cue the video track, or you synchronize them, like, could, could you be more uh, yeah. ex- detailed explaining what, what does it do? So um, my history prior to working at the Illuminarium was working in the corporate circuit for um, corporate events. And mm-hmm. from there, I started doing that about 10 years ago. I'll just give you a quick backstory, if that's okay. Um, sure, of course. And, you know, like a lot of other people in this industry, I kind of started from the bottom where worked as a stagehand to a camera operator to a uh, mm-hmm. video engineer. Um, and mm-hmm. then I really got into media servers. So that being some uh, AV Stumpfold media servers and then eventually into disguise media servers. Um, what we're doing at Illuminarium is uh, disguise primarily at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And that incorporates not only the disguise VX4 machines, of which we have 20 of them, which is a, a mm-hmm. big batch. Um, but we're also utilizing their RX machines or their render nodes. And so really what my role is is to uh, take all the brilliant work of all our VFX artists and graphic artists, stitch it together, create a comprehensive show that mm-hmm. um, people can really experience. Like our, our show is really almost like a story right now. There's five different mm-hmm. chapters. Um, nice. So I, I basically stitched that together um, in the months prior to us opening. And then now what we're really trying to take advantage of is how to incorporate more um, you know, live generative content using uh, Disguise's RX engines. Um, we've been toying with Unity and Unreal, uh, as well mm. as Notch. But nice. essentially, my role is all-encompassing, um, you know, focusing on all things media server-related, uh, content-related. Um, basically, I'm the last line before it actually hits our, our walls and goes live. Got it, got it. So do you write a script yourself? Are you an editor? Or, do you, uh, or, are you, uh, or would you call yourself more like composer? I would say I'm more of a, uh, I would say more of a composer, but I don't, I don't even know if that would be the right word. I, I think um, more so just uh, a programmer, a programmer from the disguise side, even though I'm, I'm well versed okay. in a, a lot of different media servers and a lot of different programs. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with this opportunity, as opposed to traditional corporate events, it's allowed me to be a lot more creative in how I utilize mm. disguise as a tool. Um, nice. And, you know, right now we're using disguise, but we have all sorts of tools that we work on both in our main space as well as our lab, which is adjacent mm. to our building where we test a lot of content and test a lot of technology. Nice. So um, that's kind of my role. Uh, I, I think I said I started in May um, and we've been open mm-hmm. since July 1st. So the role is still growing um, and, you know, responsibilities <laughs> are, you know, right now we're all wearing, um, you know, however many hats we need to wear in order to be successful. Oh yeah. And to bring, bring a good product Definitely. to the public. So, yeah. No, no, especially in the last, um, last, last push, everyone needs to start to own their scenes and then to make sure it is working um, the way that people expect it. 
so well so in the past uh, so how many years have you been in this industry or in this domain i've been in the live events industry um what year is it now 2021 um uh, probably <laughs> uh, the 2020's been too long yeah right? yeah um i would say i've been in here 10 10 or 11 years um total um my background is not traditional for a lot of people who mm. have entered this field uh, i actually got my degree in psychology i worked briefly oh, yeah wow. i worked briefly in professional sports from the, the sports mm-hmm. side of things and, yeah, okay um, and i kind of fell into this industry um in late 2010 or so um, and okay. I kind of fell in love with the fact that I'm not the type of person you can just put in a box and say, Hey, do the same thing every day and do a good job. I, I just, I would go crazy. Yeah. So well, you know, this industry, like you said, this type of job requires specific breed of people to, to do it. Yeah. And I think this type of job, um, both on the corporate side, as well as what we're doing here at the Illuminarium is, um, allows mm-hmm. for every day to be a little bit different. Every day is uh, presents a new mm-hmm. challenge. And really what we're doing here, I think is we're really pushing, um, the limits of technology and really trying to be on the forefront of, you know, the immersive experience. And um, as you noted uh, in an email earlier regarding, you know, there's a lot of other immersive uh, experiences that are really, you know, blowing up right now, with whether it be the Van Gogh thing or Art Tech House or, or a variety of other things that are going on. Um, and we- exactly. Go ahead. Well, I mean, this immersive video scenes like a video wall or, or could be a LED wall, it's really not a completed new technology right like so what actually changed that make this i mean like back to 2012 i i see people doing the projection onto the wall and create a 360 experience Mm -hmm. and there will be a dome and where people can go in and feel immersive experience so this is really not a completely new scene. of course there are definitely a lot of innovation in, in 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 a space but what actually trigger why this is now all suddenly become the heat like hot topic right now uh, that's that's a great question and and uh you know a brighter mind might have a better answer than than me but I, I think um really what we are trying to do is offer something that can take anybody any like i think our, our slogan is a place that can take you any place um because mm-hmm. our our building and our our facility is completely customizable so not only do we have these uh, shows that we're offering to the public uh, in terms of ticketed shows, right now we feature mm-hmm. a show called Wild, which is an African mm-hmm. safari, uh, but we also want to make the space customizable for corporate events, um, allow people okay. to have um, an immersive experience in that regard. And I, I think one thing that sets us apart is not only our projection and our video elements, of which are you know state-of-the-art. Uh, we're using all Panasonic RQ50Ks. Um, you know, we're using the cutting edge, uh, technology used from disguise and their media servers and render nodes, but we also have, are utilizing holoplot technology from an audio standpoint, which really allows Mm -hmm. us to pinpoint audio based on, uh, experience where people are in the room. We use, uh, Mm -hmm. LIDAR, uh, radar detectors. We are actively monitoring every single person who is in our room via radar. A LiDAR radar. Okay. So if there's a kid yep, who's light, yeah. close to the wall, uh, you know, because there's a bunch mm-hmm. of elephants there and he wants to take a picture of those elephants, mm-hmm. we know that he's there and we've used our mm-hmm. render nodes to uh, add an, a, a level of immersion in that fact where as people are walking around the Illuminarium, you're leaving footsteps in the safari. You're leaving, mm-hmm. You might be leaving mm-hmm. paw prints. You might be leaving you know, giraffe mm-hmm. footprints. Um, mm-hmm. We have haptic feedback built beneath our floors. So... We have a lightning and thunderstorm in an African scene, and when that's happening, the floor is shaking. Um, the nice. audio is blasting, and it's you know we, we brought in 
some of the best audio engineers and programmers around to mm -hmm. make our, our show really, mm -hmm. really fantastic. So aside from the fact that we have, you know, 8K walls using our 50 projectors, mm -hmm. we have mm -hmm. the holoplot audio technology. We have the haptics going on the floor. We have, you know, mm -hmm. using the render nodes to allow people to leave footprints. We even have uh, some, I don't know the technical term, but we have some smells that are being produced. So smell of vision kind of add a little bit more to that whole experience. Uh, cool. So that's kind of what well, some people call this 4D experience, where beside this the sense audio and be able to touch. Now you actually have the wind of the the ground shaking or the smell. Yeah, we don't have the wind yet, like, not yet, but the ground does shake, and and that's that really adds to the experience. I mean, when there's a uh, mm -hmm. when there's a bunch of elephants walking by, and you can physically feel their footsteps as they walk by, people really love it. And um, you know, seeing seeing that in person is really kind of proof of concept and. Um, personally really gratifying to see people really enjoy the experience. Cool. So you, you're saying that, so back to my question is you're saying because now since starting booming, it's because uh, beside the sorry, beside the audio and also video and uh, maybe the environment effect with also the, uh, with also the additional element like the, the ground vibration or the smell um, starting to, you know, starting to get more people's interest. Um, even though they are theater, uh, like a Coca-Cola Experience Center or Disney Experience Center, they do have also like a 4D, like experience type of scene back to probably 2000 um, already. Definitely. And yes, so, so what exactly is the scenes that make right now different? It's just because the content is much sharper. The AK resolution make people more realistic for people to be able to more immersively feel they are in there right now. I, I would say that's probably, I mean, it sounds like a simple answer, but I think it's the fact that, you know, the price mm -hmm. of technology has come down and, and technology itself has just kind of launched leaps and bounds over the past decade. Um, and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, nothing's ever going to, nothing's ever going to replicate real life. And, um, you know, I think mm -hmm. what we allow though is people when you when you add in all those senses, when you add in the audio, the haptics, the smells, and you have this really crisp, high definition projection um, that's not mm -hmm. only around you um, on the walls but on the floors, it allows your mind to take you to that place, and uh, that's the yeah. that's the thing that I think really separates it. And and I should mm -hmm. really note that you could throw all the money in the world at, at you know technology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but you're only as good as your content. And we brought. Yep like world-class content creators to help this experience be what it is. Um, so the content is the content. Key. I mean, I think, yeah, you, we can, if you don't have good content, you got nothing. Right. So, I mean, we, we have yes. really fantastic content. We sent two teams out to Africa to film these animals. It's not just regurgitated film from, you know, national geographic or the discovery channel. Mm -hmm. There's actually scenes mm -hmm. like when you're looking at the elephants going to the watering hole, like that's actually a group of elephants going to a watering hole. And, I do believe that uh, when we sent our teams out to Africa, they used a six camera, 360 degree camera rig. So that mm. allows us to just kind mm. of drop it into place and then, you know, map that to our wall. So I don't know of anybody else who's really doing that at the moment. Um, and mm. I mean, obviously it's, it's technologically possible, but in, in the size mm. of our space, you know, we have over a billion projected pixels in our space. It, our, our, and our really walls are 22 feet high. I think it, it, it adds to, um, it, to me, it's, it's more unique than anything I've felt. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a part of it. Um, mm. And, you know, we were all excited building the project and 
but we're all apprehensive. You know, you're not, we're not really, never really quite sure how it's going to work out until the doors open. But um, you know, we've been officially been open for a month, and I believe last weekend was our busiest weekend yet. So we are continuing to drive great numbers, great engagement with the community. Um, and you know, to me, that's that's a that's a sign that we are doing something different and something exciting. Um, and nice, yeah, that's great. Well, speaking in terms of technology side of it, you mentioned you're using a lot of projector to create all those pixels. Um, have you ever thinking to use LED, like micro LED is pretty hot topic this day. Um, like for those refined pixel, have you ever thinking about using those um, instead of using projector? I believe that's been uh, talked about. And as we continue to expand, um, like I said, right now this is our first location and we have plans to you know, contribute to many locations. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think that's something that we are talking about because our current mm -hmm. build at the Illuminarium, since we are utilizing projection, there is nothing above you. There's, mm -hmm. The ceiling is all rigging and projection projectors. Um, yep. And yep. you know, right now, the way that the light hits the walls is very soft. It's very easy on the eyes. Mm -hmm. But um, previously, yes. I was working with an 80-foot wall that was 1.2-millimeter LED, and I mean, that's absolutely stunning. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's true really 12K wall. And... Um, Nice. You know, I, I, I'm not the uh, decision maker in that regard, but I do think it would be really interesting to explore that option. And as the cost of LED comes down, and you know, I think we want to maintain that quality. Um, um, Definitely. Because if the content, like the content quality is going to catch up and then they're going to create much uh, sharper co uh, content, like 12, 12 makeup pixel or like even higher, higher resolution, 12K, um, 12K or even higher, higher, camera like six six twelve k camera is gonna able to produce even crazier Definitely. content um then you need to have a much sharper image than the four k i don't know if you're using four k projector or using i don't know you um like if you the entire resolution is only eight k it's probably going to uh bump up very soon in the next next yeah next well, currently design, right? what we're using are the um <clears throat> the r q uh fifty ks by panasonic um, uh -huh. 50k. Yeah, that's wow. 50k lenses. Yeah. That's... So, um, oh, no, not lenses. Oh, okay, 50k okay. is the amount of lumens we're putting out, not necessarily the resolution. Um, oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay, so it's, that's the like yeah. the brightness. Yeah, that's a brightness level. So, um, it, that that's we're, we're using like the best projectors you can buy really right now. Um, in terms of mm -hmm. resolutions. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, technology is always going to continue to to expand and get better and better. And I, I think that's something that we are totally happy with pivoting and, and adjusting for in the future. Um, as of now, that's I feel good. we have so, the best possible solution here in Atlanta and they, Vegas will probably be pretty similar to what we're doing here. But beyond that, you know, we, we're cool. always um, looking to be the best and being on the cutting edge. I, I also had a lot of experience on integrating the video and, uh, and audio and this kind of uh -huh. event and space. Um, um, but I usually run into the issue with the echoing on the audio and also interfering between uh, synchronization between the camera and the video and also uh -huh. the audio. I mean, like for example, I went to one of the uh, show, which is the the, the 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 Van Gogh one. I mean, their graphic is stunning and uh, it's just the and the content is really good, really really captured my heart. But their audio. <laughs> Like the the speaker would just blow out the sound, and you can see, you can hear like not just the synchronization not really match all the way, but also the echoing really bad. And then eventually the the speaker probably they just blow out the sound as well. So how do you 
So I and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I have not had the chance to go see a Van Gogh exhibit yet. I, I'd actually love to, just because they're doing something you know in the same uh, world as we're doing. But our yes. technology, like I said, not just with the video side of things, but the hollow plot technology allows us to really do some amazing audio um, audio work. And I, I'm not the audio guy, but the the speakers we have, mm. they're, they're not ever going to blow out. Um, and well, but you're a composer, so basically how they synchronize together, how you're making sure that um, the effect of the left speaker, the center speaker, like I don't know how many speakers you have in your studio, but definitely more than I think it's 10, a couple hundred. I say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how are you preventing those like a uh, like, uh, waving effect, which is, you know, two wave mixing together and create all different kinds of things? How you how you prevent I would, that? I would probably altogether? recommend... Um, scheduling another interview with our main audio engineer <laughs> because um, it's, it's, beyond, <laughs> yeah. it's beyond what I know. I, I know that from an audio standpoint, um, and if you do, do some research on holoplot technology, it allows us to really do this pinpoint mm -hmm. like, um, audio pro audio projection and, and planes and, and different, mm -hmm. so we can target our audio. And um, yep. you know, maybe yep. we're doing something different than Van Gogh because I know, um, I'm assuming if they play music or something like that, it's probably music everywhere. Um, we have a couple music transitions where we're showing galleries of animals, which is when we, we, we take you away mm -hmm. from the scenery and just project massive um, you know, galleries of the animals. You can see them up close and personal. But for the most part, if you're just mm -hmm. sitting there in the, in, in, in like the, um, the plains of Africa, you're going to have specific audio all around the room. Like you might hear some crickets over here. You might hear a baboon over here. You might hear a bird mm -hmm. over here. You might hear a lion mm -hmm. over there. So, exactly. Um, yeah. However, we did do it, and, and like I said, I'm more on the video side of things. But however, we did it, there is no issue whatsoever of any um, echoing. We've never had any speakers blow out or anything like that. Well, you need to compose like, okay, um, the now the lion is showing on the left side. You want to make sure the audio of the lion is now showing on the left side. Yeah, you yes, compose had, that. I mean, you synchronize. We that. spent days exactly. and days and days, and I, I mean, we kind of took turns as we were wrapping up to open up where. You know, I would take control of the system and program certain elements of it from a video standpoint, but then I would pass it off to our audio engineers yeah. and they would literally go frame by frame and mm -hmm. say, hey, here's a lightning strike. We're going to, you know, add the lightning on this wall where the lightning strike is so that it's it's very, very precise. I mean, it's um, I do hope you get a chance to come down nice. here at some point. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm going to like it's like how many hours drive for I'll drive on a city, right? I'm cool. definitely going to go there. Yeah. And, all right. And. So, um, okay, so would you be able to, I mean, I don't know if you, well, you told me you haven't seen the Van Gogh one, so, but you, you guys in the same space. So how are you going to differentiate um, yourself from the, you know, I, I always see them as a competitor to you. I would say um, another uh, yeah. thing about Van Gogh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they are a traveling show more than anything, right? It's not a fixed install, correct? Yes, I think they probably. So that, that's one thing where I know my father saw the Van Gogh exhibit in Belgium, and he said it was amazing, and it was in some sort mm. of you know really a uh, you know yeah. historic, historic you know beautiful building, and it is beautiful. I, I it think, is beautiful. The content, yeah, the video and, and, but at the same time, I think I've heard them do a show uh, somewhere in like it might have been Los Angeles, where it was not as quite of a nice of a building, like an actual canvas, and so. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to say anything other than that. They probably have a little bit more difficulty keeping the show consistent from city to city because of the fact that you're working with a different mm. canvas, essentially, from city to city. And um, like with us, every single luminarium should be spec'd out to be pretty much the exact same uh, size, shape, 
everything, resolution. So that if we have a show right now, we have uh, Wild, the African Safari. The next show that's going to be coming out is going to be Spacewalk, where we can take you to the moon, take you to mm. Mars, take you all across the solar system and beyond. And we can build that here in Atlanta and disperse it to all of our locations and just, you know, immediately have that same immersive show across the country, across the world. And so that's something that I think sets us mm. apart. Um, and because we are a fixed install and everything's been fine-tuned for the space itself, I mean, I can change the show by mm. loading a new project in 10 minutes. So Nice. So, so, I mean, so basically because you have a fixed location, so which means all, all your calculation or your fine-tuning or your programming, it's fine-tuned to that space specifically. So in that case, um, you definitely will be able to bring a consistent high quality of the output <clears throat> to your audience. But then it brings out another question. Um, the reason why Van Gogh is doing the traveling because again, it's, it's trying to bring this oh. to the audience and where you try to provide consistently high quality to audience. If that's the case, why you choose Atlanta? Why don't you go to Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, the top three city in the United States? Why well, you pick I Atlanta? Think, uh... I wouldn't sell Atlanta short. You know, this is a historic and uh, very diverse city. It's growing. Um, as someone who used to live in Florida, okay. you know, I think I grew up in California as well. Okay. And I think a lot of times, you know, mm. um, people on the West Coast and people on the East Coast, they, they might forget about, you know, the South, so to speak. And um, one thing that I've discovered about Atlanta is that okay. it, is a, uh, it is a growing city. It's a total uh, hub for transportation. Mm. Uh, we are one of the largest convention shows, okay. those convention cities in the country. And this is our headquarters because nice. of the fact that it's a very good testing ground for content because of the diversity we have, um, you know. In so you more focus on the conference traffic because I noticed that you pick Las Vegas, you pick Atlanta, and you pick Miami. You're not really picking the last city. You actually pick uh, more like conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I would not. I would be shocked if there if we did not have an Illuminarium in New York in the next couple of years. You know, I, I mean. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. This way, yes, I mean, we, go we and have talked. And I don't want to speak beyond what I'm allowed to speak about. But we, I mean, most of the major cities mm. are on our radar, and you know, there's a variety of um, mm. factors that have to be taken into account, especially in the world of COVID, where we're trying to adjust on the fly. Yep. But um, yeah, I think Atlanta is is a great place to start for us. But I think if if you look at Atlanta versus Las Vegas. You can say, hey, Las Vegas makes a lot of sense. Mm. It's the center of technology. There's shows. But there's also mm. probably more competition in Las yeah. Vegas because there are always shows. You might, you might have it, however it many is, millions of people visiting Vegas every year. But what we're building mm. is not necessarily just for visitors or tourists. You know, we, we have a lot of repeat visitors within the community. Um, I know I, me as a child growing up in San Diego, I would always go to the zoo. And I would go to the zoo as often as I could, not just mm. once a year. And we have people coming back who, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, families and kids, they love the show and they just want to see the animals again. Because for this particular show, we really allow you an experience that you can't really get at a zoo. You couldn't really get at a safari if you could go to Africa and go on a safari. Mm. So, you know, it's a safe place to really, you know, have fun, um, experience something that you really can't experience anywhere else in Atlanta. Um, yes, I mean, I, I encourage people to go check out all of these other immersive events because I'm all for pushing the technology. and trying to be as creative as possible. Nice. Um, but I think, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, like, like New York City is definitely the number one war zone and uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of competitors and then try to fight into mm -hmm. this space. 
and I wish you the, you all the best. I mean, sorry, our time is cutting out. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's great to talk with you, and then and we 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 almost uh, talk yeah, for like yeah. almost half hour. So, um, so I want to wrap it up right now, and um, and um, I should say well, one thing I, really. I, Really well, we quick, I just want to say is I want, I want to say one thing sure. is that um, most of our partners and most of the creators for the Illuminarium have originally come from New York City. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where like we work oh, closely okay. with our partners at Radical Media, Rockwell nice. Group. Um, so we have a very strong New York really? connection, and they're definitely aware of all those nice. things. Come over <laughs> to New York. Yep, come over to New York. I mean, we've, we've been doing the show event and uh, and Times Square mm-hmm. for past eleven years, and uh, like you said, this is definitely the most competitive location. And I wish you all the luck. And if you, next time you come to New York City, please give me a ring, and uh, I'll bring. I you definitely will. Yeah, I love New York City, right? and I appreciate the time today. So, have fun in Vegas. Stay cool. Have fun. Thank you so much, Scott. All right. Take care. All right.